Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. First things first, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone who came to the Night of the Collectives at the Stag's Head Sunday, 16th of June, so the night before last. It was a really good time. Everything happened, and it, I would consider it a roaring success. So thank you. In particular, thank you to Juliet and Kenneth, who came out. It was really great to see you both. Thank you for the support. I am next performing live in a pro- show show, not at an open mic, at Road Trip and the Workshop, Tuesday, 25th of June, a week from now. Ooh, it's really snuck up on me. So if you would like to see me perform at something that is an open mic, Road Trip and the Workshop, Tuesday, 25th of June, free entry, 7.30. So, today's episode was recorded on Sunday at Caffrey, so apologies to our interviewee today. His name is Steve. Steve is something of a regular at Caffrey Studios. I think it's two Sundays in a row now that he has showed up to rehearse at 10 a.m. And I always say, anyone who books a rehearsal for 10 a.m. on a weekend and shows up on time already has a certain level of respect from me. So that's exactly what Steve has. He has a bit of a storied history when it comes to playing music. And that is what today's episode is about. Because there's all sorts of stories with regards to playing music live in London. And today's episode is about getting another perspective on what it is to play live in the city. So this is me talking to Steve in the foyer area of Caffrey Studios. I think I say at some point in this conversation that I'm actually on the clock. So apologies if you hear some interruptions during our conversation, but hopefully you don't lose the thread that we are on. And also apologies for my slightly bumbling introduction to the conversation as well. Like I said, it's 10am. Well, this was about one in the afternoon, but... I take a while to to really switch on mentally, so hopefully the rest of this conversation is coherent. But the intro from me, uh, give me a slight pass there. But this is me talking to Steve about his history with music. I'll catch up with you more a bit more afterwards, but enjoy this chat. I'm just in the foyer of Caffrey Studios and I'm here with our earliest rehearsal head honcho this morning who's that be me that would be you what's your name my name is steve steve how long have you been playing live music playing live music for about 25 years what made you want to start um i've always listened to music um music's been in my life since i was a boy my dad was in the hi-fi trade i grew up in demo rooms in hi-fi shops listening to pink floyd and elton john and stuff like that and just loved the whole sound thing essentially Right, and um, I got um, you know some pretty good hi-fis early on as a as a kid, but I'd always, you know, the big bands, the big proggy type bands and heavy rock bands, um, I just marvelled at their dexterity really, and I'd always harboured a a um, desire really to do more than just watch. I love the show effect of it as well, and um, I just wanted to get involved, so I uh, had some lessons and learned how to play guitar. So you had the the hi-fi, the equipment to truly appreciate the more explorative type of music. Yeah. Were you never intrigued about working in engineering or anything like that? Was it always performing that you were... I had no idea 
about engineering really okay. at all. Um, He's wanted to get on stage with that guitar. Yeah, but you know, since since um, you know, getting on stage with that guitar and and um, maybe writing a few songs and and stuff and and understanding how music is made and produced um, and the amount of work and effort and technology that goes into it, I've I'm you know absolutely fascinated um, with how it ends up you know on vinyl or on a CD. It's a it's a it's an amazing process. It truly is. So when how old were you when you first picked up a guitar? I was probably 25, 26, as late as that. And how long did it take you to start playing with other people and performing? That was much, that was until, it was probably five years after that really, about 30. So was that in between time, just playing by yourself, getting better yeah. at it, playing a lot? Yeah, jamming with uh, friends in my bedroom, um, or in the living room, um, you know, and just getting those basic open chords down under my fingers and then your E you know, to your G to your D those types of things that's it that's it and then power chords and moving from acoustic to electric and you know working out how that sounds and you know how to navigate the equipment yeah that you need to kind of get that sound out really and what about writing when did that come into the picture well that that was I've always fancied myself as a bit of a poet and a bit of a writer I have, I've always had a lot going on in my thinking and I've always had a kind of strong sense of the injustices that go along in the world and, and um, those sorts of things and um, I think it was probably 2005 something like that, I started to write my own songs and I found that I had um, a kind of reservoir of, un- <laughs> you know, unspoken Yeah, did it English. all kind of come pouring out then once it, you... It did, it all, it all came pouring out and, and um, that's when I, you know, got a group of people around me to, to kind of try and make songs out of what was what I was coming out I've liked I, my although my musical band taste if you like is quite rich and complex and jazzy and bluesy and rocky and proggy I do like the more simpler types of music you know like the, the um, punk rock that kind of thing can the, the uh, so called kraut rock yeah. style of um um, playing and just the the colour and m- melodies that are within simple structures mm. um, and I'll put my songs my words together over pretty quite basic chord structures <clears throat> but I got lucky with um, the the people that I asked to join the band and, and they turned out to be some very good it's just also keep the okay. we'll yeah. keep this all in. It's just yeah. So that's oh, the Wi-Fi awesome. name and that's the password. No problem. It's all part of the atmosphere. It oh, is. Yes. We're in a we're in a busy. <laughs> I'm actually on the clock here, so hopefully Sydney won't notice that. <laughs> it's, we'll keep it between us. So when it comes to playing live, like fast forwarding to now, are there any people from when you first started writing and sharing your songs that you're still playing with now? Um. 
Well, the, my drummer Andrew, um, he's he's not he's not the first drummer that was in the band. Um, the, the, you know, I've not been in many bands. Uh, most of the stuff that I've done has been my stuff with the guys. But although we all had writing, um, you know, kind of liberty really, and people created better songs than I did in the band as well, and we played them all. Um, and um, so he, he's the he's been with me for probably ten years now. Wow. Um, and he wasn't the, the first guy. When we started, we was all, you know, I wasn't that much younger. I'm in my 50s now, but I was in my early 40s then. And the guys in the band were in their 30s. And um, one by one, everybody got married and had kids. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and, you know, myself, I was the last of that group to get married um, again. And... Um, that kind of put paid to that version of it, but I'd all, I kind of kept my hand in and tried to keep the kind of music going, even when there's only been a f couple of us. Mm. You know, we try. I tried to play covers, and we did, you know, a few rehearsals and stuff, and and then with with Andy, we're we're kind of back to simplifying it again, um, but but coming up with unusual lyrics. Mm. These are not. Um, I don't want to play ballads or anything like that it has to be um, something unusual and noisy yeah okay <laughs> that, that's the the manuscript that's what that's, you're building upon <laughs> that, that is yeah that's the manifesto yeah, yeah. Exactly. so if it's mainly the two of you who are the bedrock of whatever this is at this stage yeah how do you go about finding other people to join you well I've used um, Be In My Band before and I've used Gumtree and both of them have produced good people to come as long as I'm specific you know with with what it is I'm looking for in in the uh, in the advert um, you know it's quite a simple process we've we've um, jammed with uh, a new bass player today um, who has turned out to be really good um, even though he can play our simple stuff uh, that rocks and but he'd also got um, a kind of jazz busy feel to him that brings us into a, a new direction, if you like. And um, he, we, we, we got him from Gumtree. Um, so, you know, there are people from all, sort, all walks of life, you know, have come black and white. Um, men and women have come forward, you know, and we've, we've tried out with people and some have worked out and some haven't. So what's most important to you? Is, that they, is it that they can play your songs exactly as you envision it? Is it that you get along well? What is it that stands out most for you? Oh. It's both. Um, Do you send them your material and say these are, this is like the set list, if you will? Well, at the moment, yeah. We, we've, we've got um, half a dozen songs on SoundCloud. Um, and you know, once we can get to texting each other or talking on the phone, we can send them a link to the SoundCloud and they can have a listen. They're, they're rough demos on there. Um, and they, you know, have a listen to them come down and try out, essentially. Are there any red flags in particular that make you think, oh, I wouldn't want to work with that, like play with that person? Um, well, yeah. If people are 
you know, if they don't fit, you know, and they're not, um, they're a bit antagonistic or something like that, and kind of get that on occasion. I know that musicians have a have a kind of certain temperament, mm. um, but I don't think it's that. Um, I think that some people you just gel with, and others you don't quite. You might be able to create some something in the musical side of things, but in the personal side of things, it's lacking. And if that if that happens, then you know we have to let people go and revise what we're doing again. So, in a real blue sky, everything working out world. Yeah. What would you like your complete band to look like? What other elements are you looking for? Um. Well, there are three of us at the moment, and if, I think we're probably going to need another guitarist in the band. Um, our lyrics are so odd that there's only one person that can sing them, and that's me. Um, and I can't even. Sing. There's a couple of songs that are really quite difficult to sing anyway. Um, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, small, medium-sized gigs, some lights maybe a bit of dry ice <laughs> some room for jamming yeah. as well within the within the songs we like solos you know I'm quite happy to just use effects and create soundscapes mm. um, the psychedelic um, side of things is is around within the band as well as it being mm. quite tight in places and a bit more kind of 80s sort of rocky sound okay I'd, yeah that's that's it in in a nutshell, and be able to pull it off really. Yeah. So, in the meantime, yeah, while you're still somewhat putting together the live element, yeah, are the recordings available for everyone to listen to? Is that more for people who are looking to join the group? They're on. Um, no, people, everyone can listen to them. They're on SoundCloud. I think um, the I'd need to double check what the the moniker is on now, um, but. Um, in our previous incarnation, we were called um, Mind Food, um, long before the self-help movement got a hold of it, <laughs> and the nutrition movement did. Because uh. I used to Google Mind Food, and we used to come up, but we don't come up anymore. Um, <laughs> You've been you shoved know, down the yeah, Google yeah, results page. Lettuce eaters um, <laughs> have taken over now, and uh, carrot smoothies, um, <laughs> but, um, which is because we, we fancied ourselves as being a bit political and a bit. A bit right on, mm. you know. I mean, one we thought we were reaching people. It's quite presumptuous, really, um, to a small pub in Camden Town. Uh, <laughs> people were busy having a good time rather than wanting a political message. So yeah, on 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 SoundCloud, there's a there's a Mind Food um, page. Um, maybe I could send it to you if that would be useful. Absolutely, stick yeah. it as a link somewhere. Yeah, I'll share it on this episode. Thank you. So, as well as Gumtree, you can use this episode as a way to try and put the word out there. That's Steve really is kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, That's yeah. The least I can do. It's a pleasure seeing you guys. I always say, anyone who actually not only books but actually shows up for a 10 a.m. rehearsal on a Sunday already has my respect right there. And you right. show up and you're on time as well. That's a rarity. <laughs> I, I didn't give up my day job. And my employer wants me there at 9am. Uh. <laughs> so I've not been able to retire yet. So I'm used to being there on time. Life is busy, man. Music is, you know, I play in the evenings after work. I play at home. 
you know I, I have still have lessons I have a guitar teacher coming once a week I still collect other bits of gear synthesizers and stuff I still write um, the playing um, it will never go I'll do other things there's such a lot to do in life music is a backbone of it um, but it's, it's, it's not everything for me but it's certainly one of the most fun things I do in my life. Yeah, That's a good way to look at it. Steve, thank you very much for your time. I, I look forward to right. our next Sunday, 10 a.m. get-together. <laughs> <laughs> See you then, Roy. Nice See to you, meet you, man. You too. And that was that. Thank you once again to Steve for your time. It was Steve and his drummer, Andy, who were in the foyer. As they tend to do, they have, they'll have a rehearsal. I think, as Steve mentioned in this conversation, Steve and Andy have been performing together, or at least playing together the longest. So each rehearsal they might bring in a new person or whoever they bring in with them will be the newest member of the band. And after the rehearsal they tend to have a bit of a catch up with each other. And it was while they were doing that that I approached them with the idea of being on the podcast. Which as I said before is always a bit of a strange proposition to present to essentially a stranger. Andy, you know, polite, politely, politely, politely declined. But he said maybe in the coming weeks he might do it. But Steve said, yeah, sure, why not? Let's give it a go. And I could tell, as I've said before, and as I've said before that I've said before, that there's that strange energy, that strange air at the start, that we don't know where this is actually going to go and how it's going to turn out. But I hope you can hear as we talk that, as we talk, he starts to dial into his story and just really lets rip and takes us into his world and what it is that led to him playing music the way he does today. And I've I've said before, I already respect him for showing up for the 10am rehearsals, but I appreciate his perspective, his attitude, his approach. He is very upfront and straightforward about what he's about and what he's trying to achieve, and very realistic as well. And above all, enthusiastic, because... At any stage, regardless of whether you're just starting or you've been doing it for years, it's easy to lose that enthusiasm and just think, oh, this isn't exactly as I imagined it. I've had enough. I'm going to do something else instead. But not Steve. Steve has a really deep woven passion for this. Hence his persistence. Hence his perseverance. And I hope his next rehearsal builds on the last one and he gets that one step closer to putting mind food together. I don't know if he quite made it clear whether Mind Food is the current name or not. And I've reached out to him to try and get a link to where we can find his SoundCloud, etc. He hasn't replied yet, so hopefully in the near future, if you check back on this podcast, you will see some links in the notes to where you can find his stuff online. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, for me, yes, Sunday was a roaring success. I played bass, guitar, I sang, I drummed, I was an MC. It all went down. I was the first to perform, which I actually really appreciated because it was as if I could get my homework out of the way straight away and then just get to enjoying it. I remarked to Sean about how far we'd come. I remembered our first rehearsal together at Caffrey Studios. It was my first time there. It was me, Sean, John and Fabio, all of whom are on that episode, which I think I recorded on that day. And while I continue talking, I'll try and find that episode. I am about to have a rehearsal tonight with someone I haven't played with before, which will be interesting. Uh, Juliet, who I mentioned as being one of the people that came to check out the show on Sunday, she's done a lot more work than I have in promoting the show for next Tuesday. I've 
turned my podcast into a it's like my safe space it's where I feel comfortable talking about almost anything but very much promoting myself I which is all well and good but it's not the only place people are going to find out about me in fact I don't think there are that many people who are finding out about me through the podcast so it's all well and good however many listeners are finding out about the show but there are other avenues out there that I should be using to promote myself. So Juliet is the one who put the event on Facebook. I don't know why that platform... Just, I don't know why all social media platforms just fill me with a real sense of dread right now. But I've, I've got to, for the sake of all I want to achieve, I've got to try and power through that feeling. And who knows, maybe similarly to putting up this podcast for the first time, once I actually break through that barrier, there's anxieties will start to fade away a little bit and I can focus more on just putting out there what needs to be put out there. Uh, I am trying and failing to find the episode where I am with Fabio and John and Sean. But our first rehearsal, I remember getting there a little late. Sean and John were already there. Sydney first pointed me to the wrong door. And then I said, no, I'm here for Sean. He said, oh, Sean, it's the other door. And then Fabio showed up. Both of us knew each other through the open mics, but neither of us knew that the other would be coming to the rehearsal. So when he walked in the door, we were both thinking, oh, I know you. Hey, what are you doing here? That type of thing, which was, again, very fun. Okay, so I spoke to Sean on episode 121. So when I spoke to Sydney, episode 138. So it must be somewhere between those two. But which one is it? Uh, I don't know. This is a note to self that I should really title my episodes more clearly so that I can actually find what I'm looking for. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I'm very nervous about this show on Tuesday because I have not put in as much work as I would have liked to have put in. And I thought this week would be the week when I can really double down and do that. But as is the way with life, other things creep up. So here I am thinking I can spend my afternoons this week rehearsing solo to be prepared for the show. But now other errands have crept up that I need to address this week. So the amount of time I'll have for rehearsal is now a little bit up in the air. But I'll I'll make it work regardless. It will be a good show. This is just, it's like I said to Liam who performed on Sunday and it was his first time ever performing on a stage in front of a crowd. Before the night started, he was outside having a smoke and seemed a bit nervous. And I said to him, this is the worst part. It's the quiet before the storm. This is when the nerves get to you and your mind races to all the things that could happen. But once you actually start, then a lot of those fears fall into the background and you just focus on what you're doing. You remember why you enjoy doing what you do. And yeah, you just get into it and can enjoy it. I am right now in the stage of the quiet before the storm. Episode 136, that's when I talked to Sean, John and Fabio, in case anyone else was on the edge of their seats wondering. Episode 136. And that's where I am right now. The quiet before the storm where your mind can race to all the possibilities of what might happen. Uh, I'm almost running late for the rehearsal this evening. I've really got to pick myself back up again. So I'll end this episode here. Thank you for listening. Once again, I have a show Tuesday, 25th of June. Luther has a show Thursday, 27th of June. Uh, Can I find my episode with him? That's a a good question. Uh, You can hear me typing right now in a desperate attempt to find this. 
Our survey says... Episode 78. Wow. If you just search Lou Saddest Night Out, L-O-U-X Saddest Night Out, top response, yours truly on SoundCloud. He has a show next Thursday, 27th, at Underbelly. I think it's called Hoxton Underbelly. Shoreditch Underbelly. I can't remember what it's called, but he has a show. He's an awesome artist. You should come out and support. I'm rambling now. My head's all over the place. So thank you for listening. I will catch you on the next episode. Last episode, I said I will definitely be back tomorrow. And it's funny how that turned out, isn't it? So I'll just say I'll see you on the next episode and take care.